This message is presented by Pastor Chuck Wilson. Okay, here we go. Chuck Wilson, New Hope Community Church, and we're going to do Daniel chapter 10 today, the cosmic conflict. Cosmic conflict, it's a wild one. Many people are afraid of the next big war, World War Three. it's going to destroy the earth, and, and you can see it could spark any time. We could have World War Three, and many are fearful and focused on, although we all know that biblically, man is not going to destroy the earth. Uh, God has his own plans for the earth. <laughs> but, but the real apocalyptic, climactic battle has been in progress for thousands of years, and it's a spiritual battle, the real battle, the, the most intense one, the one that's going to really decide the fate of our planet and many lives for eternity, is a spiritual battle. And Daniel 10 gives a glimpse into this cosmic conflict. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your word and for what you have showed us through your word. And I just pray that you would open our eyes spiritually today to what you're trying to show us here from Daniel 10. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so let's pick it up by starting to read uh, the beginning of Daniel 10. Daniel 10, verse 1. <clears throat> In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel, who was called Belteshazzar, its message was true and it concerned a great war. The understanding of the message came to him in a vision. At that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. <clears throat> I ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris, I looked up and there before me was a man dressed in linen with a belt of the finest gold around his waist. His body was like chrysolite, his face was like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and his voice like the sound of a multitude. I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. The men with me did not see it, but such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and hid themselves. So I was left alone gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale and I was helpless. Then I heard him speaking and as I listened to him, I fell into a deep sleep, my face to the ground. A hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you and stand up for I have now been sent to you. And when he had said this to me, I stood up trembling. Then he continued, Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me twenty-one days. Then I, Michael, no, I'm sorry, then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future, for the vision concerns a time yet to come. Woo! So, quick review, Daniel chapter 9, which we already saw that in Daniel 9, Daniel realized that 70 years of captivity were coming to a close. He, this is now five years later after that vision. Israel is already back in the land for two years. Why is Daniel upset? Why is he upset and, and praying and trying to seek God's answers here? It's because Ezra, with Ezra going back, only a small remnant returned so far. And they had hit opposition and the temple work had been stalled. 
and we see a picture, a spiritual picture here, that when we decide we're going to return to God, we're going to seek his fellowship again, he restores us to fellowship, but when we, that happens, we're going to face many battles, spiritual battles, trying to keep us from that, from fulfilling God's purpose for our life, and we need to hit our knees, and we need to pray. And we also see God's sovereign purpose, even in the midst of these battles that they're facing. The 70-year captivity was finished, but there was still 70, there was a 70-year period for the Jerusalem and the temple to be rebuilt too. That was a separate 70 years and there was 20 years to go on that still. God's discipline was not yet completed like Israel today and the temple has not been rebuilt today. Still waiting for God's discipline and purpose to be completed and this is also a picture of our discipline also. But I want to focus right now on the, the unseen battle. Verses 12 to 14 where it says, then he continued, Do not be afraid, Daniel, for since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard and I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the prince of Persia. So we see this this. Uh, verse 14, now I've come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future for the vision concerns the time yet to come. So we see this unseen battle, this spiritual battle going on between angels and fallen angels, between what we call angels today and demons today. They all were angels at one time, but a third of the angels of heaven rebelled, were cast out of heaven. They became the demons that we're constantly battling here. But angels and demons are constantly fighting. It's an unseen battle. In Hebrews 11.13 talks about the invisible reality. It says, by faith we un Hebrews 11.3, By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. What is seen, by faith we understand that what is seen was not made out of what was invisible. And uh, some of you might remember Ron Rohrbeck. He has passed away, but he was a, a good friend of mine and he was a member of our church and he was a PhD in uh, uh, physics, physics PhD, brilliant guy, just brilliant guy. But I remember one time talking to him and he was talking to me about dark mass and dark energy. And he said, you can't see it, but we're told it's there. And you can see its effects. That's how we know it's here because of the effects of this dark matter, which is the majority of the universe, actually. <clears throat> and the same is true spiritually. Just as we know this exists and it makes up the majority, spiritually we know the same thing is an effect. We see the effects of the spiritual battle. There's an unseen spiritual battle all around us. Once in a while, God gives us a glimpse. If you've ever done spiritual warfare, you've seen it and experienced it. Uh, but, but it's going on all around us. In fact, in 2 Kings, in 2 Kings, verse six, verses, uh, chapter 6, verses 15 to 17, talks about this. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed O oh Lord, open his eyes so he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. These, Elisha could already see them, but God, he prayed and the servants could then see them and realize that, yeah, there's this army of horses and chariots, man fighting against us, but what's fighting? who's fighting for us is this unseen army of horses and chariots of fire all around 
We have to remember that in the USA today. We have to remember that in our churches and in our families and in our marriages. There is a spiritual battle, unseen spiritual battle going on all around us all the time. We're going to talk more about that. And it's the angels versus the fallen angels. They are also in a spiritual war. It's connected with our battle. It's all connected. We're all connected. I remember the book, This Present Darkness. And uh, if you've never read This Present Darkness and then Piercing the Darkness, just a, it's a fiction, but it does a great job of showing the connection between our lives and the spiritual battles going all around us. And we see in Revelation 12, in Revelation 12, 7 to 12, which we're going to go to next, right after Daniel, we're going to Revelation. Ooh, get ready for that one. But listen to this. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But there was, but he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Talking about us now. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Therefore rejoice you, heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fear because he knows that his time is short. So we see the spiritual battle, Satan and demons fighting against the heavenly angels. Not against Jesus. <laughs> That's no battle. It's not Jesus versus Satan. That's no battle. That would be over in less than a second. It's angels versus Satan and demons. Satan's just an angel. He's just a fallen angel. Top one, but just an angel. And the battle's between the angels and demons. And then when God finally steps in, poof, it's going to be over really quickly. But he's allowing this for a reason. There's a spiritual battle. And we see here in Daniel that this prince of the Persian kingdom, uh, there are territorial spirits. Somehow they're connected. Some angels and demons are connected to nations, the prince of Persia. It doesn't mean we have to figure out who, what demon is overseeing the city we live in, the, city, the demon of X, Y, and Z, and pray against that. Lot, some people do these cities and mapping and praying against it. That's nowhere in Scripture. That's, that's made up. Nowhere in Scripture. But we are to pray to God about the battle that we're in, and the angels are going to battle out during our time of prayer. They're battling out too. Uh, but we really, we really can't map it out and figure out who they are. But we can see what the demons focus on. We can see what they focus on. Think of the USA today. What, what do we see? What spiritual battles? What do we see demons in, uh, active in our culture today? Think of sexual sin. Very obvious. That's a, there's a lot of sexual demons out at work. Pornography is permeating our society. It's completely demonic. I could tell you stories. If you need incentive not to, to look at pornography or get or break the bond, just understand something. It's demonic. If you're addicted to pornography, you have a demonic stronghold that needs to be broken. You better not mess around. I'm telling you, I've seen it all. It, it's there. Drugs. Drugs is a definite demonic doorway. In fact, in biblical times, they used the drugs to worship the demons. When someone uses drugs now, they've opened themselves up to demonic influence. They've taken away their will. Uh, that, that is a big demonic doorway. And we see that all over our country. Fear, division, violence, all demonic activities going on right now. Abortion, whoo! Uh, in the Old Testament, 
In the Bible times, we saw that the demon gods demanded child sacrifice, Moloch and the Baals. It's still today. The, it's an incredible deception. The demons want children sacrificed. It's an incredible demonic deception. That was the line of grace that Israel and Judah crossed when they were sacrificing their children to the idols. That was it for God. We are crossing a line. I'm very afraid here. It's an incredible deception. It's spiritual. That's why it's so hard to battle. Why is, the, why is abortion such a powerful force in our country? Because, and why is it so hard to overturn? And I pray to God we will overturn it, at least in, in most states. Uh, we need praying about against Roe versus Wade. Why is it so tough? Because we're fighting demons. It's a demonic activity. Believe me. And the USA must open our eyes to the spiritual reality before it's too late. If we, we keep ignoring these prophetic warnings and have we crossed the line of grace, only God knows. But I'm, I'm fearful that we are, if we haven't crossed it, we're teetering on that line of grace. Spiritual warfare. We see it in the United States. We see it in our individual lives as well. It's very, very common. We see it all over the Bible. Uh, it's important that we don't ignore the component of spiritual warfare as a piece of the puzzle. It's not everything. We can't blame everything on demons and the demon behind every bush and everything that happened. Oh, the devil, the devil. No, no. We cause a lot of our own problems, but but it's real. It's real. Healings uh, and sickness. Sometimes Jesus cast out a demon in order to heal somebody because demons are behind some sickness. Not all, but some. Uh, and that goes for all. Emotional, mental, physical uh, illnesses. Uh, marriages. You don't think Satan's behind destroying the marriages? Because if he can destroy the marriages, he can destroy the children. Definitely demonic activity, a spiritual battle. Temptation. Uh, some people say, oh, temptation is a gene or it's an addiction. No, no, no. Satan knows what our weakness is. He studies us and, 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 the, the, and the demons study our weakness and they go after us. It's very important to understand that component. <clears throat> Ministry. Ministry blocks and battles that we face. Definite. Uh, New Hope Community Church. New Hope's well known for the occult and lots of other things. Uh, I remember somebody who first, when they first preached, a former youth pastor, when he first preached in our church, and, and he was a really godly man, but he, I'll never forget, he's like, Chuck, when I preached here the first time, I got hammered spiritually. Have you ever experienced that? Yeah. I said, yes, every week. <laughs> There's a spiritual battle going on right where we are. Um, Ephesians 6, Ephesians 6, 10 to 18 talks about this spiritual battle, the reality of this spiritual battle. Ephesians 6, 10 to 18 talks about the spiritual armor and the warfare. I'm just going to read it. Finally, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. For our, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. We are in a spiritual battle here on this earth. Then he goes on to say, Therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. We're commanded to do this, right? Uh, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. We are in a spiritual battle. 
We are, and we better know how to use our spiritual armor. There's some excellent books on, on, on breaking free of stronghold. Uh, Search for Significance is a great one. The Bondage Breaker is a great one. I encourage you to study those, work through those with someone. I'm available, Kim's available, a leadership team. Christian counselor could help take you through those, but to break these spiritual strongholds in our life. It's vital that we know how to use the spiritual weapons, Ephesians 6, 10 to 18. And uh, the main one, the main one which we see in Daniel is prayer and fasting. It's in Ephesians 6, but it's also in Daniel, prayer and fasting. We see Daniel praying and fasting. Matthew seventeen twenty one talks about this very thing where it says, in Matthew seventeen twenty one talking about trying to get rid of a demon. But Jesus said, but this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. There's a, it's a, it, it takes that prayer and fasting. Perseverance is also a key with this prayer and fasting. That's what Daniel, look how he, he prayed. What if he, he prayed 21 days? What if he had stopped before he got an answer? What if he stopped at 20 days before he got that answer? God heard the prayer the first day, the angel said, the first day, and yet God sovereignly allowed the delay to teach him endurance and also patience and refining time and warfare between the angels and the demons is all part of God's plan. Are we praying with perseverance? Are we, even when we're not visibly answered immediately, <laughs> are we praying, are our prayers making a cosmic, eternal impact? Are we aware that the battle is much bigger than we think? Much bigger than we think. In the USA, uh, uh, it's bigger than we think. In our marriage, in our family, in our job, in our school, in New Hope. Uh, New Hope Community Church, sometimes, you know, I've been here 20 years now, sometimes I get discouraged. I've had many youth groups bigger than this church. <laughs> Much bigger, but but and sometimes like oh you know greener pastures go somewhere where they're more open to the gospel where there's where there's a more receptiveness uh, there's lots of pla- pretty much any place would be that way but but many times I wrestle with that I pray but if I quit or if New Hope Community Church doesn't continue fold like seven church plants before us so we were to fold. It, there'd be a, a void. How, who, who would preach the gospel? How would people hear the gospel of Jesus Christ that were saved by faith alone in Christ alone? How would they hear that in New Hope in Lambertville? There'd be a tremendous void and we have to remember that we're here for a reason. Wherever God has us, we're here for a reason. We are in a battle. We have to understand that we are in a battle. So many people think, well, I accepted Jesus. I became a Christian. I put my faith in Jesus. Now the battles are over. No, 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 no. No, the war's over. The war's been won. Your soul is now with God. But the battles are just beginning. Look at Israel. They are back in the land finally. But there are many battles before Jesus came again. From the time of Daniel to the time of Jesus, there were many, many battles. Read Josephus uh, and see what happened in that time frame. It's the same today. There's, it's the same today. There's many, many battles for us today. I love history, and one of the great books and movies that I think was really good was called The Great Raid. The Great Raid, where there was a POW camp during World War II in the Philippines, and the Americans were afraid that the the Japanese captors were going to kill the prisoners. They were killing many of the prisoners at this time, wiping out uh, prison camps, and so they formed a raid. And they, before they got to that part of the Philippines, they sent a raid in to rescue, and they rescued like 500. I think it was about 500 uh, prisoners. It was an amazing rescue. It was, it was super. It was in the news and the paper and move, movie clips, and everybody's excited. But you think they're free, right? No, there was a lot of damage, first of all. A lot of them had been starved and beaten and terrible things, and some were in very, very bad health. But not only that, 
they're trying to get them back. They put on a ship. They're trying to get them back to the United States to real freedom. And the whole time, the Japanese are trying to sink that ship. They had all their planes and submarines. They wanted to sink it because they recognized that was symbol. That was a symbolic victory for the United States. And, and if they could just kill those POWs and take them out. And they tried so hard. They didn't. They weren't successful, but they tried the whole way until they got back to the USA. And that's when they gave up finally. But the attacks will continue for us. God has saved us. We're saved. But the attacks are going to continue until we get to heaven. And Satan can't recapture us but he will try to take us out. Take us out. Are we ready for the battle? Are we aware? Are we focused? Are we praying? Maybe you are a prisoner of war still. You've never put your faith in Jesus Christ. You've never been set free. Hang on to that. We're going to come back to that in a little bit here. Uh, then we get, we get to um, verses 15 to 19. Back to Daniel chapter 10, verses 15 to 19. After this happened, we see something else. While he was saying this to me, I bowed with my face to the ground and was speechless. Then one who looked like a man touched my lips and I opened my mouth and began to speak. I said to the one standing before me, I am overcome with anguish because of the vision, my Lord, and I am helpless. How can I, your servant, talk with you, my Lord? My strength is gone and I can hardly breathe. Again, the one who looked like a man touched me and gave me strength. Do not be afraid, O man, highly esteemed, he said. Peace be strong now, be strong. When he spoke to me, I was strengthened, and he said, Speak, my Lord. Uh, I was strengthened and said, Speak, my Lord, since you have given me strength. So we see Daniel has a, a breakdown. If you're ever in uh, you know, divine presence or even angelic presence, it's overwhelming. He has this breakdown from the angel in the vision. The angel touches him. But then we come back to the cosmic conflict. That's what I'm going to end with here. Um, the cosmic conflict once again, is a window into the unseen spiritual battle. That's what Daniel gives us here. A window into the unseen spiritual battle. The angels and demons are connected to our spiritual battles. Just as, they're, just as we battle, they are battling and we're all connected somehow. It affects lives. It affects churches. It affects cities. It affects the USA. It affects the world events. And we saw round one already. We saw all round one already where Daniel was praying and it took three weeks in verses 12 to 14, he had, well, I'm just going to read it again because I'm going to just jump to the next one after that. But round one was this, Daniel 12, 10, verse 12. Then he continued, Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and humble yourself before your God. Your words were heard and I've come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. So we saw round one that, that this angel had to fight his way through the prince of Persia to bring Daniel the answer, God's answer to him. But now we come to round two. That was round one. Round two, it starts with verse 20. So he said to him, uh, it's 10, uh, 20, and, uh, uh, well, I'll read it to you. Verse 20. So he said, do not, do you know why I have come to you? Soon I will return to fight against the prince of Persia. And when I go, the prince of Greece will come. But first I will tell you what is written in the book of truth. No one supports me against them except Michael, your prince. And in the first year of Darius the Mede, I took my stand to support and protect him. So round two we see here is he's, he's going back. But he's going to have to face two demons, the prince of Persia and the prince of Greece. Two, but he's got a tag team going now. It's going to be two versus two this time. Uh, two powerful demons fighting against two powerful angels. The prince, uh, the tag team, the, the Persian Greece 
the princes of Persia and Greece. The focus on Persia and Greece here is the focus of the vision that we're going to be looking at next time in chapter 11, the next two empires in the vision. But he's going to get help. He, this angel's going to get help from Michael. He says, your prince. That Michael is assigned to the, to the nation of Israel. His job is to guard the Jewish people. He is very busy today. He's going to get even busier as we come into the end times here. There is an unseen battle between the angels constantly going on. It's fought so that God's will will be accomplished in our lives. And look at verse uh, chapter 11, verse 1, which is really the last chapter of 10. They kind of messed up the chapters here but uh, when they organized them. But these aren't inerrant, the chapter, chapters and verse, they just did it to help us find these, okay? Verse 11, verse 1, No one supports me against them except Michael, your prince. In the first year of Darius the Mede, I took my stand to support and protect him. Very interesting. This jo angel's job was to protect and help Darius, a pagan ruler. His job was to help and protect Darius who took Babylon under Cyrus. Cyrus and Darius were connected, and Darius took Babylon under King Cyrus, and he gets this assignment in the first year of his reign. Isn't that interesting? There's actually angels assigned to world rulers to accomplish God's purpose. And there are demons assigned to those same countries to thwart God's purpose. Very interesting, very interesting that this, they're very interesting. Uh, sorry, somebody's coming in my office. <laughs> my little friend. Laura, you can come in. Come here and say hi. Lori, come in and say hi. Oh, she ran. All right, well, anyway, I was going to give you a, a glimpse of Laurel. She ran away. Uh, <laughs> I've got little children all the time. Grandchildren popping in, little children popping in, uh, always popping in. So they hear my voice. Anyway. So we see this unseen battle, and this angel's job was to help Darius. He gets the assignment in the first year of Darius's reign, which was a pivotal time. What happened in the first year of Darius's reign? What was so important about this guy that God assigned a powerful angel to help him carry out his purpose? What happens? The very first year of his reign, he appoints Daniel <laughs> to, to help him rule the kingdom, right? He appoints Daniel, which sparks jealousy, which causes Daniel to be thrown into the lion's den. The attack on Daniel was a spiritual attack, a spiritual attack. If he was eaten by lions, the history books would all be different if he was eaten by lions. It was spiritual warfare. Connect the dots. Daniel 6. Going to back up and remind you to show you that this was a spiritual battle. That's why an angel was there to help Darius and why Darius made a lot of the decisions that he did. In Daniel 6, 21. Daniel 6, 21. When he's thrown into the, the lion's den, Daniel answered, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight. Nor I have ever done any wrong before you, O king. An angel came and shut the lion's mouth. This was spiritual warfare. And right after that, what did, Dan, what did King Darius decree? Verse 25, Then King Darius wrote to all the peoples of all nations and men of every language throughout the land, May you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. 
He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Who do you think wrote his speech? <laughs> Who's his speech writer? It was an angel. It was an angel. This decree was a direct result of this angel's protection and, and, and working with him and protecting him and helping him fulfill his purpose. And a short time later, right after this, Cyrus decrees that the Jewish exiles can go home. It's all connected. All connected. There is an unseen battle. Our lives and our prayers are connected to a cosmic conflict. And it all works together. Our battles and the angels' battles, they all work together to accomplish God's purpose. God's purpose. Let's connect some dots as we end this. Your life. What battle are we facing? What battle are we facing? What attack on our faith? Where has God placed us to fight this battle? Will we fight spiritually? Will we hit our knees? Will we realize who we're really dealing with? We're not just dealing with a tough boss or, or a tough teacher or a bully or some difficult person in our, our town who's making trouble spiritually. Uh, we are in a spiritual battle and they are trying to block God's purpose for our lives. We have to remember that. New Hope Community Church, we face many, many battles. So if you've been listening throughout this series, you know what we've been. It's been constant. But there's so many that you don't even know about. I don't even tell the church, most of them. There's so many you don't even know. There's this constant undertow in our town. These constant attacks, hoping that we'll slip, hoping that we'll fall flat on our face, hoping to get rid of us. Now we don't know we're going to meet. The coronavirus is now made it, going to make it tough for us to meet in the school now. The school's been wonderful, open doors. Um, God's given us a, a great relationship and an open door there. But because of coronavirus, no outside groups probably for the next year, including our church and sport teams and everybody. It's going to be crazy. But we don't even know where we're going to meet. Another attack. We're going to see where God takes us, right? USA Today, connect the dots. Connect the dots. We'll, we'll see that the angel and Daniel connect the dots. Wait till we see what happens next. The vision of the battles and the trials for the Jews that we're going to look at in, in Daniel 11. But, but Satan, is, we're going to see here that Satan is going to use his demonic attacks. He's going to use Antiochus Epiphanes. He's going to be using the Antichrist. It's all here in Daniel. Going to jump right to Revelation. But Michael and his angels are going to fight. They're going to protect God's people. God's purpose for them is going to be fulfilled, as we're going to see in Daniel 11 and 12. All right? And, and it's the same in the USA today. There is a, there are many spiritual battles going on. Look what just happened. That We already talked about the, the demonic doorways with the abortion and the drugs and the violence. But look what just happened with the coronavirus and what it has done and what it's moved us very quickly toward the book of Revelation. We're even being set up for that. The economy, look what happened. Once again, moving us very quickly toward a one world economy and a one world government. Look at the riots and, and, and how we're, we're the, not the United States of America, we're the divided States of America, the rioting and the violence and all the different things going on. It's all spiritual warfare. Don't think this is not political, just politics or, or just, you know, racial or this or that. This is demonic. It's spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare that is going on, that is tearing our country apart. It's spiritual warfare and God is allowing it because of our, because of our need to repent. He's trying to drive us to our knees and get us to repent. Have we crossed that line of grace? We don't know. But we are seeing all this violence and people being shot and 
buildings burned and all the things that we're seeing and the coronavirus and the fear and the anger and all this, we are seeing spiritual warfare, spiritual warfare. We're seeing it. And, and, but God has assigned angels to this country to make sure that his purpose is fulfilled. We don't know what that purpose, if it's going to be a revival or a remnant revival. We don't know. We don't know if we're going to be restored or God's getting ready to judge us and just forming a remnant revival, getting us ready for that time. We don't know. But he's got angels assigned. Imagine this. There is actually an angel assigned to our president, to President Trump. Now, whatever you think about President Trump, some love him, some don't love him, but the bottom line is God is using him to fulfill his purpose. Some of it we might like, some of it we might not like, but he's using him and there is actually an angel guarding over him. Some people say, well, how is he he still there? You think everybody hates him so bad, you're afraid he's going to be taken out. Some of you aren't afraid of that, but some are afraid of that. But, but, But the thing is this, there's an angel protecting him until God's purpose is completed. There's an angel protecting. And same with the next president, until God's purpose is completed. And that purpose may be blessing, and that purpose may be judgment on our country, depending on who he's got in office and what he's doing to them. We've got to keep our eyes open, be discerning. Throw out your politics, throw out your Republican-Democrat politics, throw that out. We are citizens of heaven. We, are, we belong to God's kingdom. And look spiritually. Look at things not politically and not through the lenses that we've grown up with, well, with a political lens. We need to look at things spiritually and biblically, have a biblical worldview. It's shocking when I see Christians who don't have a biblical worldview. Only 6% of American have a, a biblical worldview. That is really sad. It's shocking to me when I especially I see the young people being brainwashed by the world. But we need to look at and see things through a biblical worldview. Everything through the Bible. And if we see that, well, I think we can all agree that we should be praying for our president that God's purpose would be fulfilled for him. Whatever that is. That's something we should all be able to agree on. Pray that God's purpose would be fulfilled. And, that's, and that goes for the next president, if we even get to another president. We don't know what's going to happen to this country. We don't know what's going to happen to the planet Earth. We don't know, but, but we should be praying that God's purpose would be fulfilled. Pur- fulfilled in our country, fulfilled in our churches, fulfilled in our lives, in our families, and in our lives. God's purpose would be fulfilled. Let's pray. As Christians... Are we prayerfully connecting the dots? What battle is God calling us to fight spiritually so that our life's purpose would be completed? God's purpose for our lives would be completed. Would we pray for that, for us to fight that battle and God's purpose completed in our lives? And while we're praying about that, I want to encourage those who have never put their faith in Jesus Christ. Maybe you are a POW still and there's a battle for your soul, for your life now and your eternal life. There's a battle being fought for you right now. Are you ready to be set free through Jesus Christ? He died on the cross to set us free. He rose again to prove his power to set us free. But we, in order to be set free, we have to put our faith in him, our trust in him, give our life to him. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal 
life? Have you ever believed in Him? Have you ever said, God, I repent of my sin, my old life, my, my being trapped in sin and a prisoner of war to Satan himself? I repent. I want to be set free from that. I put my faith in Jesus. I give my life to Jesus. I believe He died on that cross for me. He rose again from the dead for me to set me free so that I could be forgiven. I put my faith in Jesus Christ. If you have prayed that prayer of faith, something amazing has just happened. You have been set free. You have just gone from being a prisoner of war to Satan himself to being set free through Jesus Christ, with Jesus Christ. You have a brand new life ahead of you and I want to encourage you to live that new life. I want to encourage you to let somebody know. Maybe you have a friend or family member or a church local or someone or you can email me nhcc at comcast.net. Let me know. I'll get you connected and, and, and help you get moving forward spiritually. But I want to encourage you to live that new life in Jesus. Father, I pray that every person listening to this would be, our eyes would be open. I pray for the salvation of each person, that they would put their faith in you. And for, for the rest of us who have already put our faith in you, I pray that our eyes would be open to the spiritual battle, that we would be encouraged to persevere in the battle that we are in, realizing it has an eternal impact. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we're zooming ahead. We're going to be hitting Daniel 11 and then 12 and then on to Revelation soon. <laughs>